You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Love Talk Live. So happy you're here joining us today. Today I have with me this amazing lady. Her name is Cynthia Lamb, and she is a coach but does a lot more than just being a coach. Welcome. Thank you. So good to be here. So happy to have you. Um, So before we get into everything we're going to be talking about today and her journey and the type of work that she does, I'm going to read to you guys a little bit about Cynthia. So Cynthia is a conscious channel and modern mystic who's been facilitating deep soul level healing for over 28 years. She works with people who are ready to take full responsibility for themselves, complete their spiritual curriculum, and level up in every area of their lives. She currently offers one-on-one healing, and she offers programs, workshops, and courses, including a two-year certification course in the Vibrant Freedom Approach to Conscious Living. It's all just so delicious. Thank you. I love what I do. So good. So glad to be here and talk about relationship. It's my favorite topic. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And a little about how we even how we met was, without giving too much information, was we met through, we have a mutual friend who I met at a conference. Mm -hmm. I was at a wellness conference and just through conversation I was telling her about this radio show that I do, the work that I do, and she said, I have a guest for you. And I love when people say that. And so I reached out and we spoke on the phone and just, um, even just from the conversation we had on the phone, it just, I'm so excited for our viewers now to hear about your journey and the work that you do because it, it really is um, quite unique and incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good mixture for helping people, right? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, my journey, it's very atypical. So I usually tell people, you know, don't go by what happened to me because it was uh, quite an interesting adventure. So I had a near-death awakening experience when I was 18. I had a ruptured appendix. And when I was on the table for surgery, this group of light beings came and just took me by the hand out of my body. And I went out and just had a miraculous, magical experience. And I got all of these downloads of information, downloads about healing, downloads about like why we're here as souls, what we're here to learn, spiritual curriculum, you know, how we can heal and then get on with our life's purpose and manifest the life of our dreams. But beyond any of that, there was this feeling of just being like steeped in love. It was like I had love just like running through my veins like warm honey. It was such a magical feeling. Just really, it was the first time I ever really felt unconditional love. And that feeling lasted about as long as it took for the painkillers to wear off. I got plunked back down in my body. And I didn't have an enlightenment. You know how some people like Eckhart Tolle, Byron Mm -hmm. Katie, they have these instant enlightenments and they come back enlightened. For me, there was this real separation. Like I had this mental level understanding and memory of everything that happened, but my 
personality was completely incongruent. I was like a train wreck. I was a mess. You were also so young when this happened. Yeah, and I think that that also had a lot to do with why I couldn't integrate it. Like I could barely even understand exactly. what happened. Exactly. Like my question, one of my questions for you starting out would be, did you write all this down when you, because you were so young that if you had done all these spiritual classes as you gotten, as you were older, maybe you would have had the tools to know I should write this down. Like what did you... What did you do right after, I'd say? Right. I didn't write anything down. And in fact, I denied the whole thing. I decided that, well, I had this really unusual experience in the hospital where I started talking to dead people and got a really bad reaction from <laughs> someone's relative who was in the room going, nurse, you know, at his mother's empty hospital bed. So the nurse, you know, kind of took oh me by God. the arm and said, you know, it's okay, honey, come on out of here, you know, and I'm talking to this wow. woman who had just left her body. And, you know, the son's reaction made me feel like I am really weird, like this is really different. And I was probably still on morphine and high as a kite at that point. So it took a little while for me to be like, I can't talk about this. So I shut it down. I just shut it down and I just decided maybe they got the wrong hospital bed. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be me who was supposed to teach all this stuff. And I denied it for about five years, and my life got really, really hard. But it was hard to ignore, because one of the things that happened, besides having like this download dump of information in my head that I'm supposed to share, was that I had opened a channel. So my guides are going, it's just gonna get worse until you, don't you open listen. Up. Let it mm -hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. So I experienced a lot of suffering, and that's part of how I got to where I am now, is that uh, I had two failed relationships, two divorces. You know, I ended up single mom with three kids, twice divorced, in total misery, broke, sick, and you know, finally it was like something has to give. So I started asking, I just decided it can't get any worse than this, and then it would get worse. And I hit a rock bottom, and I turned it over. I just surrendered and I said, show me the way. And then I started getting this guidance that was just incredible and I got guided out of the mire and I was shown how to heal myself. So like what yeah. types of things were you shown? What, what, what were the downloads? What were the messages that the you got? The messages on healing, first of all, it was that it's all just compassion that there's no such thing as right or wrong. We've never done anything wrong. We're just innocent. We're souls here learning and growing. And that if we can have compassion, rather than viewing what we do as wrong or bad, the compassion will actually heal us. Yes. And the main thing is, is that our soul's natural state is ease. So we're meant to live in joy and love and ease in this very centered, very you know, natural state of bliss, really. And we've gotten out of alignment by buying into fear and irrationality. And so there's a way we can get ourselves out of the fear, but it really takes knowing, first of all, that you're even in the fear, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I sometimes say to my clients, it's kind of like going to AA, you know, saying I, I acknowledge that I have a problem, not that it's a problem, but it is all about, healing is all about healing the unresolved issues. Yes. So it's acknowledging it first in order, it's like taking that first step. And a lot of times it's that rock bottom, just like it's rock bottom with 
alcoholics. Right, and you can't go into a bar and shake someone and say, you're an alcoholic, you know? Right. It just you doesn't work. Yeah. They have to come to it themselves. So with healing, it's the same way. And I had all of this, you know, dump of what to do, but I wasn't taking any action. I was really stuck in fear and resistance. I resisted for a long time. And then I finally woke up, you know, about 10 years later. I must have been 28 by the time I really started doing my soul's work. And, uh, you know, it came about when I had these two failed marriages. I was the common denominator, mm -hmm. right? And it was like I'd almost married the same man. And this man very closely mirrored my relationship with my mother, which was very critical, very harsh, very demanding. I felt really uh, like a victim, felt very powerless in this. And so I thought, you know, this is going to be up to me to heal this thing. Like if I want something different, you know, because I left the first relationship because it wasn't okay. And then I ended up getting even worse the second time around. So it was like just this repetition. Luckily, it only took me twice to see it. But it was this repeat, repeating pattern of me feeling like a powerless victim mm. and feeling like mm, I was trying so hard. I was trying to prove I was good enough. I was trying to prove my worth, prove I was lovable. And Sorry, go on, but I just want to add something after that. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it took me recognizing it and really seeing it in order to do something different. And I just wanted to say that it, what the situation that you were in in these relationships with trying so hard to get love, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, when really as you heal and you grow, you, we all learn that it's about I already am love. I am the love. I don't need to get the love. And when you exist like that, which you learned how to do, then you just show up as that love. You don't need to get love from anyone. It's the cherry on top, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sharing that love with someone just becomes so beautiful. But at the time, I didn't know it. You know, I had identified my mother as my source of love. And when she gave her disapproval, I felt unloved. I felt unworthy of love. So what ended up happening for me, how I got out of it, was I learned how to own the projection of judgment. You know, I learned how to look at my ex-husbands and see what I judged them as. Because, you know, one of the principles that came to me when I was out there in that beautiful experience was that our inner reality creates our outer reality. Mm -hmm. You know, the law is as within, so without. So whatever I is going on inside of me is going to be showing up in my life. So we can actually use our judgment because... The way it works is that our natural state is ease, mm -hmm. and we want to feel ease inside. And when we have judgment, it goes so against our state of ease that we don't want to feel it. So what we do is we push it out onto other people. Mm -hmm. We put it out, we dump it on them, and we judge them up. You know, he's a jerk, she's, you know, mean or whatever. And, and I'm upset because. I'm upset because, and then there is this blame, fill in the blank, and it is a blame. And so 
I had to take re responsibility for myself, basically. I had to say, I've created this life, so whatever judgment is going on here, this is about me. Like this is, if I don't like something that's going on in my relationship, I, agree I have it. to own it. Right. And this is something that I feel like more and more people are grabbing onto this concept. And I truly feel like the more and more people that do grab on, the world is going to be healed. Because the more and more people in this world that do take ownership over everything in our lives and our relationships, all relationships will get better. I mean, they have to get better. If there's no more judgment, no more blame, there's forgiveness, we heal ourselves, everybody gets healed. Now, I don't think this is going to happen tomorrow, but, <laughs> but I do feel like more and more people are understanding these concepts, and it's just kind of, I personally am feeling and seeing a shift. And I feel like especially the younger people in this world are very, very open to this from what I've seen with my clients and colleagues, classmates. And it's really beautiful to see when people mm -hmm. just, they, they grab onto it and they wanna do the work. And we could get into, should we get into the work that you, how you actually help your clients? Sure. Okay, so why is it important that the people that you work with are ready to take responsibility for themselves? Why is it important and how do you personally teach this? Um, I'd say, like, how do you do it in like a, a lighthearted, gentle way instead of being with a client and saying, um, you need to own up, you know, like, like kind of, if I was hearing it for the first time, it might seem harsh. So how do you do it in a gentle way, I'd say? Yeah, yeah, this is an important question. And I love the distinction because a fear-based responsibility is this one where someone is scolding you and saying, you know, you need to take responsibility. Right, right. And it makes us feel bad. Defensive. Absolutely, yeah. So the first order of business is really, you know, letting people know that there's no way to blow it. You know, you've never done anything wrong. And if you can take ownership of your life and look at the word in a different way, if you take it into two parts, responsibility, it's the ability to respond. Mm. So response able becomes able to respond. And so we can look at our life and we can say, you know, I used to respond in this way, in this fear-based way, but now, I, you know, if I take this, this idea that I have free will choice, I could choose to respond in another way, see? And it doesn't make me bad or wrong about choosing this old way. It's just if I accept that's the way it was, I can look at it now and say, was it working for me? Was I happy? Right. Was it really serving me? And there's a lot of power in taking personal responsibility. Yes, yeah. And for me, I'm not the kind of uh, healer who can facilitate someone who just stays in blame. You know, there's so many counselors out there, thousands of them, maybe hundreds of thousands of them that will just take someone's money and listen to them blame right. and blame and blame right. for an hour and then ding the bell and send them off. and do that for 20 years. But they're doing the best they can as therapists because they don't know this person, this particular right. technique and right. tool. And I feel like it doesn't serve me to be that kind of facilitator. Right. So for me, you know, having my clients be willing, and this is something that we sort out right in the very first session. And if it feels like 
they're still really stuck in story and not ready to make the shift, I usually just refer them on. But if they say, I'm so ready, you know, I want to own this, yes. I want it, I want to be free, I will do anything, then they're my, my people. I did a radio show today and they were asking me a, a kind of a question about this. Um, about what do you do with a client who is not really going to be opening up and mm. and you know mm -hmm. I said it depends on the client um, the the most important thing is that they need to want to do the work which is what mm -hmm. you're saying and also if they come in which is also what you're saying and they aren't immediately comfortable at least let's see in time you know, do they feel like they're open to getting there? But if they just have kind of a bad attitude <laughs> or just, you know, I, I, I truly think just like anything in life, whether you're quitting smoking or, or you are going to start to go to the gym, you need to want to do it. Yeah, that desire is paramount. And the thing is, is it's okay to be afraid because often when people start a healing journey, it brings up a lot of fear. You know, this work stirs up all this old unconscious stuff yeah. you know trauma painful memories all of that is all that fun stuff you know right. it's so lighthearted. <laughs> I actually love diving deep I think it's really fun it can't it yes it is it but is. at first it's scary right so I say to my clients it's okay to feel afraid and as long as you have a burning desire for freedom you can be afraid and you can have that desire and it just takes like a crack you only need to have like a little bit of right you know, just take one little three foot mm -hmm. toss right and I love that Cynthia just brought up the word freedom because that this is what it's all about it's all about how we ourselves don't even realize how we are holding us back our stories are holding us back we are the ones that are in our way and so to it's we, we are in jail even though we don't realize it and then to break free mm -hmm. and to be free to be ourselves and to be free to be able to receive everything that is waiting for us. Right. And to come back into that ease. You know, when I first started my healing, there was this moment where I was following what spirit was telling me to do and starting to really look deeply. And first I was guided to just like listen mm -hmm. because I had been, you know, this was back in the 80s. So there was all of this positive you know, self-talk. It was all about positive thinking and you weren't allowed to think a negative thought. And if you thought a negative thought, you just had to like kick it to the curb. And what I was guided to do was totally different from that. I was guided to just listen, like listen to the fear and listen to the judgment and listen to what was up. And all this painful stuff started bubbling up. And I, as I was listening to it, there was this one moment I was listening to something and I had this defensiveness up, and one of my coworkers had accused me of being defensive, and I had gotten really hot and heated in my body, and I had all this judgment. I was so uncomfortable, and I was lying there in bed right before going to sleep, and I just started listening to this part of me that was saying, you're so defensive, you're so defensive, and all of a sudden, this warmth came down, just like flooded through my head and down into my heart, and it went down into my body, and I started crying, tears just came, and it was so relieving, and I didn't even know what the feeling was, and I found out later it was compassion. Mm. I started feeling compassion, and it went through my body, and what was so interesting was that it felt just like when I'd been out there in that trip, 
it felt like that warm honey running through my veins mm. and it was liberating and I thought I want to feel like this every day and I woke up the next morning and I felt like crap again and at that point I set a really loud strong clear intention that I would do anything to get to that feeling in my yes. body every day so when you were saying when you were kind of in your stuff you're like I'm not defensive or that was bothering me you were getting triggered by it do you feel like it was the universe God just saying to you I love you no matter what I love you and I'm here for you and I got you very much very much I was observing it and then I had access to this kind of higher observation that was just watching me with so much love and I was able to feel it in that moment. It was really a first for me. I don't know that I had ever tasted compassion. I think I had been defended my whole childhood, my whole early adult life. And I just, what's coming to me now is that I want everybody to know that this is, everybody can access this. This is available mm -hmm. for everybody. It's like this universal love that we are all born into this world to have. We all have it. It's a matter of, I think, you know, just quieting down, listening to, our, to ourselves, and like you said, to not push away. Don't push away any feeling. You know, we need to, need to go through things and not push them away. So I love that what you teach is that, you know, to, to embrace it. Any feeling that comes up, just embrace it, right? Absolutely. You know, and so many spiritual teachers right now are teaching that judgment is bad. Have you heard that? That judgment's a bad thing, it's bad to judge. And what I was taught, and we also learned at USM, is that judgment can actually be used as a healing tool. Because you need to see own it. Yeah, you have to see what the judgment was, why you got triggered. Right, right, right. So this is this is something that was so magical for me to learn because it got me out of my my own you know personal rock bottom when I learned how to actually hear my own judgment and then use it as a tool for my healing I love it so would you say that for people that are having repetitive cycling relationships um, is it just about is it simply about owning everything that's going on and, and owning their judgments, owning, taking responsibility for the past relationships in order to attract a different type of relationship, or at least what did what did you do? What do you what do your clients do? Yeah. What is that the biggest shift that needs to be made? Well, for me, the biggest shift was really getting like in my body that my inner reality created my outer reality so my story whatever the story was that I had about myself which was that I was this poor pitiful unworthy victim mode. victim yes yeah. that was the story that was running and also that I was stupid I had a lot of stupid judgment like that you made bad decisions so you're stupid I was stupid for anything. Oh, you're just stupid. I, mean, I just was stupid. You seem so. like a stupid person. Yeah, I can understand. Right? <laughs> She's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. So for me, taking responsibility was really the key. And when I could see that this was my creation, that I created these two marriages based on the stories that I was running, 
about my childhood, about my upbringing. I was just repeating this with these two husbands. And I had to say, like, what is, what is my story? First of all, I had to identify it. And then really look at why I was running it, that it wasn't serving me, and the possibility, this was the, the really big thing, the possibility that I could have something different, that I could have something better. And owning the projections of judgment was hands down the best tool to free me up, to really start to get something better, to you know, attract a different kind of mirror because the relationships were mirroring mm -hmm. what was going on in me. I love that you had that awakening of, oh, I can have something better. Because she's not kidding. Like she, you, it's surprising, you know, when people don't know that, but it's very common, you know, Super that common. people don't realize, A, that there is something better out there, and B, that they deserve it. So that's amazing that you, you had that moment where you, you it's kind right. of like strength of heart, empowerment. Yeah, most of us are so stuck in lack, we just don't believe mm -hmm. that it's possible. Yes. We think that, you know, we live in this envy or jealousy, oh, look what she has. Like, oh, you but know, not for me. Yeah. Not for me, it would never happen. And then, so it doesn't, right. if they stay in that place. Right. But it's all about shifting. Right? Well, and the universal law is ask and receive. So if we don't ask, we're not gonna get anything different. And I literally did not ask for easily 28 to 30 years. I didn't ask, I didn't even, never even occurred to me because I was so steeped in lack and victim mentality that I just didn't even think I could have it. You didn't know. No. And ignorance was not bliss. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pretty painful, actually. Okay, so I want to get on to, you have this, um, you have a five-step focus method, which is amazing. And so I'd like you to tell our viewers about this five-step focus method, and what is it all about, and what do you do, and how do you help people? Okay, so the focus method is, focus is focus, which is really about seeing what is there, you know, I'm upset because, and identifying the trigger, mm -hmm. okay? Right, yes. And when we're owning a projection of judgment, we look at what are the judgments and write down a list, like judge the other person up. For instance, I judged up both of my ex-husbands and just wrote down all of the things that I judged them as, you know, mean, controlling, manipulative, you know, the list was very long. I won't bore <laughs> you with the whole thing. So focus is about gathering information. You get information about what the upset in your outer world is. O is own. Then you take it inside and you own the mirror and you ask yourself, like, am I willing to look at myself and see where, what's in me about this? And when we're owning a projection of judgment, we have to start to get really curious and ask ourselves some investigative questions. You know, what does this remind me of about my own life? Have I ever judged myself as this? Has mm -hmm. anybody else ever judged me as this? Do I think God judges me as this? And we explore the whole thing. And there's gonna be some resonance in there. And sometimes you really have to dive deep to find it. Yes. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times 
the situations are so different and the people are so different. Like you and your ex as people and as humans are so different. So it probably took some work to be like to for you to say, I'm not mean or I'm not manipulative, but maybe you're being mean to yourself and not mean to somebody else. Or you're trying to manipulate your life, you're trying to control your life, things like that. So it's probably like I always call myself a detective. It's probably as as a therapist when you're going through this. You have to really help your client to say no. Let's yeah, let's yeah, let's dig. Um, could it be this? Deep. Could it be that? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm sure when they have their like aha moments, it's just like when we all have our aha moments, it's so exciting. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's so true. The thing with my husband, the one, so many of them were easy to own, but there was this one word, liar, and mm. I was like. I don't lie, yeah. and I'm thinking maybe this universal law doesn't apply <laughs> to me. Maybe this one judgment, maybe it's just really him. And I kept that out there for literally 10 years. It took me 10 years to own that particular judgment. And what happened was it kept coming back. It kept coming, you know, we were divorced. For 10 years we were divorced, and something kept coming back up. What ended up coming, the final straw, was that we had a financial agreement that he didn't keep, and I ended up getting my bank account frozen. It came against me. They, they did that thing where they freeze your mm -hmm. assets, and I was so upset about this because it was for a hospital bill in my name that he had agreed to pay, and I was in so much judgment, and I just said, you know, like, Spirit, I will do anything to clear this liar judgment. You know, he said he paid it. Why do I feel so this So you were getting the stackers. Like, he kept giving you reasons kept to giving, judge him for giving. lying. For years it went on. Yes. It was That was the very last thing, but it had been and on and on and on. What I she's saying is that until you resolve an unresolved issue or heal a judgment, it's going to keep happening, just to catch you guys right. so you understand. It so will it just kept stack like this. Stackers. I had liar judgment stacking all the way and so, so that's what she means by it it stayed with her because situations kept happening and happening and happening it just okay. was repetitive I was stuck in a cycle of judging him as a liar so he kept giving her reason so to judge him as a liar painful. so what ended up happening was I set a bedtime intention one night to you know just fully heal and resolve this thing and I had a dream in the middle of the night and I saw my whole life like flashing in pictures and I saw how I had felt guilty for being born and the guilt was like so pervasive and I felt guilty throughout my childhood and I was always punished during my childhood so that kept the guilt running like I was able to really feel that birth guilt but then my mom and dad got divorced and my mom moved out and I was living with my father and I ended up stealing a ring from a woman I was babysitting for. And I thought I would, I got home, I felt terribly guilty. I thought I'll take it back the next time I go back. And my mom found it and she took it away from me and I wasn't able to give it back. And then I tried to get it back and I made all of these stories up. You know, I found it on the beach. We have to go to the police station and find out who, you know. Mm -hmm. And my mother ended up saying, well, it's an engagement ring. It's very valuable. It's too valuable for you to have, right? 
And so I was just dying inside that I couldn't get this ring back to this woman. Now I found out it was a valuable ring, right? So I'm thinking I have this woman's engagement ring. So I couldn't tell my mother the truth. I was so afraid to tell her. I was so afraid of being beaten that I couldn't own it. So I just decided I was a dirty, rotten, stinking liar and that I would be guilty for life and I shut that all down and I said I would never tell another lie again and I forgot about it. Wow. I blanked it out and I didn't realize it until I saw this movie and deciding I was a dirty rotten stinking liar actually kept me feeling guilty for being born. I, I kept that birth guilt going until I saw that movie. So my ex-husband who I judged as a liar turned out to be an angel in my life. He turned out to be the biggest blessing because when I owned it, I saw that I had judged myself as a liar and he was just mirroring mm. that I had this very deep pain. That's amazing. That really is. I love that you went on that journey and that you also, it, you saw the humanness in him, you know, that, that he might lie, but so did you. And once you stop judging yourself, you could stop judging him. Yeah. And also our biggest challenges are our biggest teachers who ended up who end up being our angels because they teach us, right? Yeah, for sure. We only know they're angels when we're through it on the other yeah, end. Yeah. We can and suspect it and we hear it and we, we can think it, but we know it after. Yes. <laughs> and we feel it yeah, after. Really feel it. You know, I am really good friends with my ex-husband. I love it. And his wife. Oh, God. Uh, they're actually out of town on a tropical vacation, and I'm caring for their kitty right now. Aww. So that's the level of healing that is possible. And everybody yeah, can do it. Everyone can do it. So that was the O. Oh, now the C. Yes. C is clear. We're spelling focus again, Yes. by the way. So C is for clear. So how do we clear something? Well, really that energy of compassion is the way. So before I guide someone into this process, I have them breathe in compassion when we get to the clearing part to set an intention to access love and compassion and really breathe it down into their body. You know, fill their heart center with it, then take it all the way down to their toes and all the way down to their fingertips, and then they get that warm honey feeling buzzing through their body. And this really helps this part. And so then you want to investigate, like, what are the judgments I made about myself and what are the beliefs I made about it and how can I let that go? So compassion and love are the two ingredients that make up forgiveness. So I take my clients through a forgiveness process where they really flood themselves in their memory. Like I had to flood up my teenage self for taking that ring. Mm -hmm. I had to flood her up. So I, I pictured my adult spiritual self hugging her and loving her and saying, it's all right. You know, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You were just a kid. You were just, you know, doing the very best you could at that time. And you're innocent. And so saying this in a forgiveness statement sounds like I forgive myself for judging myself as a liar I forgive myself for judging myself as a dirty rotten stinking liar 
you know, and, and then we take a big deep breath and, and let it go, you know, and really feel the relief of it when that, you know, the breathing helps lift it. And if it doesn't lift, you know, sometimes when we do this, it doesn't lift on the first try. You might have to say it a time or two, maybe even 10 times, maybe yes, even a hundred yeah. times to get time. up out of your body. But what we were talking about before is that just even the acknowledgement and the aha moment about it and taking the action all helps everything move clear out. Absolutely. So then you is update. And when we make the update, we want to make it as high as we can believe as possible. It has to be at least 50% believable. So, you know, for instance, we can't just decide we're broke and then make an update that we're a millionaire. We won't believe it, right? So we make the update to whatever we can believe is possible. So it might even sound like, you know, the truth is, is that I'm open to the possibility I could really be innocent. You know, just for a crack. But mm -hmm. if I can really feel my innocence, I would say the truth is I'm innocent. You know, I'm a divine soul just having a human experience. And I had a temporary feeling of feeling like a liar. But it's not who I am. No. And then the S is the shift. And this is about really doing the inner work on an ongoing basis. Because it didn't. I didn't clear that liar judgment in just one minute believe me it took a few months for me to get all of that birth guilt out of my body mm. and get all of that liar judgment out and really come to see my ex as the angel that he is in my life so that's the focus method we keep going to shift you keep stating your updates for as long as it takes until that energy doesn't come up anymore, until that mirror of lying doesn't present itself in your life anymore. And I have to say I'm so grateful. I have not had a liar energy, a lying trigger in my life since I did that. See, that's how powerful this work is. Yeah. It, it truly is. Yeah. Someone once asked me how long, I was doing a podcast and, and the man asked me, so how long does it usually take for your clients to heal and your clients, you know, to how, how, what's the average time length that you see a client? And um, I, I'm curious for you how you would answer that question because I had my own answer, which I'll share after. But I'm just thinking as you're talking and if someone's listening and they're like, ooh, I want to sign up, like how long does it take? So from you and your experience with your 28 years of experience, um, how long is your average client with you? Well, I would say the average is with me for about a year. Now, there's a lot of variation. I used to have people come to me just for one session, and they would feel like it was so life-changing. They would just be like, I'm healed, and they wouldn't come back. And so this happened for a number of years, and I finally got wise to this and thought, you know, I'm not really benefiting them because we know we can't do deep healing in one session. Right. You know, it takes it's a the repetition. While. Yeah. So I started offering programs. So my shortest is a six-week program. Most people sign up for at least three months. I have a three-month program and a nine-month program and a two-year program. Yes, so. and let's get back to, so if someone, so someone can do one-on-one -on -one work with mm -hmm. you and then you do 
groups as well. I do. Which is the, I'm assuming that's the two-year program? Yes. Yeah. And is this in person? Is this online? Do you want to talk a little bit about specifically these programs if people are interested? Sure. So my Vibrant Freedom Conscious Healing Program is a two-year certification course, and I basically teach what I do. So if this interests you, if you want to learn how to facilitate deep soul-level healing, you can come to my program. And that one, the first year is learning all the tools of really how to heal yourself. And the second year is about facilitating and working with clients, really, and learning how to do it. And it's an amazing program. And it is mostly online. We meet every week online for three hours. And then we also have several retreats a year in person. And in those retreats, do you guys practice being facilitators with each other like we do at USM? Absolutely. We actually do it online as well. So all of the students pair up. They have home assignments every week. They get to do a session with one of their classmates. And in the second year, they get to do sessions with the year one students. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's kind of a little internship program. And one of the great things about talk about USM and about doing this work is that you get to be the facilitator and the client. Do you have neutral observers or just facilitator client? Yeah. So it's really wonderful. And I remember just even when I first started out as a therapist to be able to see it from both sides, to have that experience of being the client and the facilitator. I think it's so important. Right, right. Well, for that part, for the observation part, I do a master class where the students get to observe in year one me working with one of the students and then they all get to give their feedback and talk about what they learned and what they saw and then in year two the year two students get to do it and then they get feedback from all of their peers in the class and it's just a really valuable way to learn that's awesome and how many students are usually in each class Right now, they're fairly small. I have between 8 to 12. That's amazing. Yeah. So that is a lot nice. Of Very bonding also, right? Yeah, so much. And where do you guys usually go on retreat, just in case there's anybody out there who's like, ooh, I could use a trip to Bermuda. <laughs> like, where this do you go? This retreat is on an island called Samsu in Denmark, a beautiful ooh, so island so they do go far. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, actually, this group is mostly European, so. Oh, yes. I remember you telling yeah. Yes, I don't know if we, we have a few minutes if you want to get into kind of, um, she, the, the, you started working in Europe, right, a long time ago? Uh, it's actually been about three and a half years now. Since you've been there. Since I've been going. I've had international clients for about 20 years. Yeah. We used to do it on the phone before we had the internet. Yeah, I remember you telling me that it's yeah. like a long, and there was the, who was the man, there was a, uh, a teacher of yours or a book this guy wrote a book nope he didn't write a book yet I'm really pushing him to write a book but his name is Willem and he's from Denmark and he's a Tantra teacher and we just met each other at a conference right. we were at a marketing conference and we bumped into each other but it was meant to be and he said what do you do this is in San Jose and I was coming from the East Coast and he was coming from Denmark and we bumped into each other and this was right after I had said to the universe show me what's next and I had been being pushed to get international and I had been very comfortable 
Here in LA, you know, having a practice that went on for more than 15 years, and Spirit was pushing me to go wider. And I bumped in with him, and he said, what do you do? And I told him, and he said, well, how does that work? And I said, you know, it's hard to describe. You have to try it. So we spent like 10 minutes together, and he just said, that was amazing. Will you come to Denmark and teach? Wow. And I was there two weeks later. And the rest is history. Denmark has really welcomed me. And then I branched out and went to Brussels and Germany. And yeah, amazing. So if anybody, if we're wrapping up now. So if anybody wants to sign up for your program or just even one-on-one -on -one sessions, how do they find you? Vibrantfreedom.com. And you can email me at Cynthia at Vibrantfreedom.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Vibrant Freedom. Instagram, I'm not using so much, but I'm Vibrant Freedom. Yeah. And I love the I just Vibrant Freedom. Just the energy around that is so beautiful. I love that that's the name of your program. Yes, thank you. I had the word freedom, and I was saying it has to be freedom. My business has to be about freedom because that's so, what yes. is achievable. And, you know, people kept saying, but I just picture, like, the 4th of July or Independence Day, like it has to be more. And I was like, well, it's like, I don't know what. And then this word vibrant just came Perfect. flying out. One of my friends said it, and I said, that's it. That's it. Yes. Okay, well, you are incredible. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you. And as always, if you want to reach out to me, I'm at www.therelationshipexpert.com or jamie, J-A-I-M-E, at therelationshipexpert.com or on Instagram, therelationshipexpert. Just the X, not the X. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.